This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who are I'm you talking lo- I, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words are right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. My name is Chops, and with me, as always, is... Craig WK. And this week we also have... The glitch. That's right. And unfortunately, this fool repelled in from the ceiling uh, while wielding an American flag on his back Uninvited. in fatigues and just yelled, Yo, Joe, at us. LPJ is here. What's up, Yo, Joe? Yo, Joe. <laughs> Cobra. Remember that time, we time we were singing? It was great. <laughs> yes. Um, so this week uh, is going to be a train wreck of an episode, but. <laughs> We're talking hold on, about hold on. No, first no, of all, no, the only, see, you're already doing the it. The only train wreck <laughs> episodes I make are when Xander's here. And all, it's just because I like to poo-poo on the stuff he likes. You're already doing it. It's, it is G.I. Joe, the American hero for the NES. Yeah. yeah. So uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh it was released on uh, Nintendo in January of nineteen ninety one. This run and gun game is based off the hit G.I. Joe franchise. And you might be wondering, what is G.I. Joe? And I can answer that for you. G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, <laughs> highly trained special mission force. Its purpose? To defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Yep. Exactly. Bam. Sounds a lot like your origin story. Price <laughs> uh, Cobra in this instance, right? I'm certainly he, not G.I. Joe. He is collectively Cobra. <laughs> do you feel oh like a lot gosh. of people don't know what G.I. Joe is anymore, like the action figures? I do. Oh, I'm, yeah. Like you know, the younger younger generation. I will say uh, I, I don't really spend a lot of time like looking in, in like department stores these days you know, for other stuff aside from just what I want to get and then get the heck out. Uh, but uh, I feel like a few years ago they like relaunched G.I. Joe. They oh. did. In, they did in uh, conjunction with the 50th anniversary. Oh. So the 50th anniversary was 2016. And that's when they read, they did a, read it a whole new line. And then uh, it ended actually, though. Huh. It was a short. It wasn't long. It was just a short. So it was more for like nostalgia than it was to reboot GI Joe because they probably trying like to get money off and of right. Well, they always try to. Re- they did. They did the same thing for the 25th anniversary. They did a whole new series, uh, which didn't last very long. They did. It just doesn't seem to catch. War, war, 
um, cartoons in general don't seem to really have any steam. It's interesting because in the 80s, it was huge. Yeah. G.I. Joe was enormous. And, and even, of course, before the 80s, war was a, a, a crazy topic that like was always on people's minds but you're kind of right like once the 90s started rolling on and you know war wasn't really quite as I don't know. Glamorous. Well, actually, yeah. I, I was doing research on this yeah. specifically for, you know, this this episode yeah. and what ended up happening was it, during um during the 80s you had the cold war going on. It was, you know, US, right. Soviets, things like that. Um but it wasn't really hitting close to home. Because there weren't troops being sent yeah. to very many places, but then when the '90s hit, and you had things like Operation Desert Storm and and uh, and the and the um, uh, Iraq War happening, it hit too close to home, and people didn't want to see war cartoons because you know their dads were coming home from war, and 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 their brothers and sisters were going oh. out to war, and so that stuff really kind of started to fade away. And that's actually another reason why um, GI Joe changed dramatically from in their third season. Oh, they went from fighting uh, Cobra as a terrorist organization to dealing with drug dealers. That's right, yeah. And, and, and a lot of what happened in the early 90s is a lot of the shows started to adopt um, 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 kind of like, uh, like morality episodes, uh, trying to you know fight local terrorism like drug dealers or gang violence bullies. or guns or bullies, things along those lines. And GI Joe was no exception. It also seemed a lot more futuristic in that third season too. There's a lot more lasers instead of guns. Well, oh, I can yeah. tell you all about that as well. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> the story in LPJ <laughs> yeah. from GI Joe. So the first two seasons. I'm sitting Indian Joe. style right now, just listening like yeah. a little child. Wait, the, can you show us your PhD in history of GI <laughs> Joe, please? No. Um, <laughs> the first two seasons of GI Joe were produced by. Hasbro and Sunbow. Sunbow was a company oh, yeah. that was doing it, right? Um, Hasbro was actually funding all of G.I. Joe itself. So it didn't have any outside investors. They were doing it s- simply to sell their toys, right? Oh, yeah. It was it was an entire cartoon made to sell action figures. Like Transformers. And it <laughs> right. But then around, around the end of... So the G.I. Joe movie came out mm-hmm. and didn't do well. It was kind of a flop. It's a shame because it was good. It is. It's a great movie. Feel free to listen to the Legend of, Re- Legend of uh, no, <laughs> the Last Action Podcast yeah, episode that's, that's of, uh, of G.I. Joe the movie starring myself and, and Chops here. Uh, and Craig. And Craig. Right? No, you Craig wasn't there. there. No, I wasn't it was there. me and you. Oh, man. It was me and you and Sphinx. And oh, Sphinx yeah, was, was real upset about it. He was real upset. You wouldn't let me on. I was banking on the uh, door to the you studio were. and you he wouldn't was let me in. Craig was only let in for the Bond episodes. He yeah. was. Only James Bond, I guess. But anyway, so then... Hasbro got a really good deal from Deke. They're they're the Canadian company. Mm, I remember oh, that. They're yeah. a Canadian uh, cartoon you know maker, and gave them a really good deal and actually helped fund it to combat the rising costs of the show. So they moved everything to Canada and gave Deke free license to do whatever they wanted. So Hasbro oh. just shipped them designs for toys, and Deke then wrote all the scripts. <laughs> Dude, the, the toys were so sweet, though. They were sweet. Oh man! Uh, so, so that's a little bit of the history of GI Joe itself. It's it's an action figure line that was originally like like what in the 1960s they were, were like Barbie size. They were, size? They were yeah. twelve inch tall dolls. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then they came back out in '83 with the with the three and three and three quarter three and, yeah three and three quarter size ones, which is what we all grew up with. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the yeah. toys that would get uh, eaten by the lawnmower. Um, <laughs> you pull their legs the off. Band, the, the rubber, rubber bands, bands would, would break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or or I would just have fun twisting the torso and then letting it go and watching it spin. <laughs> or their thumbs would break off and then they couldn't hold anything anymore. Right, exactly. Then they uh, uh, they had to go to a VA hospital <laughs> and uh, they had to deal with like fighting with the VA to oh, get assistance. Terrible. Lifeline. 
horribly swapped. depressing. Wow. Lifeline was very busy. It was a very busy GI Joe for me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anyways, so, let's get to the game. Yeah, so let's chat a little bit about the game itself. So G.I. Joe, a real American hero, is a, you know, uh, a... It's, it's seemingly a simple run-and-gun game. For, yes. for a licensed game, this game has no business being as de- uh, has as much depth as this has. And this game is based on the Deke G.I. Joe, not the Sunbow G.I. Joe. So it's got all of the Deke characters, not necessarily the original characters. Oh yeah, that's I guess that is true because mm-hmm. it does use the like the image of Hawk is not his original '80s line. No. It's like the the revamp one where he had like a jetpack. Yeah. yeah, right. And they have the post. Uh, G.I. Joe, the movie Cobra Commander. Yes. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Who I didn't quite like as much as the original line, but that's okay. We'll, no, we'll get into that later. Or never if you know, we don't the have the time. The original line? You mean the one with like the hood? The hood or the metal mask? Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually there was another helmet. Uh, that he got, uh, uh, that he put on. Yeah, and you can see his eyes and stuff, and it's not as good. It's oh, not quite I as good. I don't remember that one. That mm-hmm. one's weird. Yeah, it was like a silver. Yeah, right? it was silver and blue and black. Yeah, it, it didn't look bad. It just wasn't quite as cool. But, right. but so anyway, I, uh, I, uh, in each level, you get to dis- choose a team of three, right? Yep. Right. So yep. it starts out with in the Amazon. And you choose two characters because each mission has one character that's already chosen for you based on that. Yeah, it's like a leader for the mission. Yeah, the the specialist of that mission. So So the the first one is Duke, Duke, and then you can choose between Snake Eyes, Blizzard, Captain Gridiron, or um, Rock Rock and Roll. I do have the list of all the levels and the leaders if you want to hear that. Yeah, 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 let's hear it. So in uh, uh, New York, Snake Eyes uh, leads that mission. Uh, and uh, uh, while I'm at it, I do have the list of their their specialties. Do you want me to list that off too? Please, sure. absolutely. So Duke is balanced. Yep. He's just middle of the road. Uh, Snake Eyes has crazy, crazy jump. He jumps so high. I uh, let's see. I uh, the third level is in the Black Hills, which I thought like, oh, where where the heck is the Black Hills? It's actually in a region in South Dakota. Yep. Oh, okay. That's correct. Uh, so uh, Captain Gridiron uh, runs that mission, and he punches stuff so good. I think you missed the mission. Uh, was that not the third mission? So the, it goes jungle base, and then the the missile base, which is in Antarctica with Blizzard. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I got him out of order. So uh, I, I, I looks like I mixed up the order. So the uh, in Antarctica, yeah, you have Blizzard, who has a lot of stamina. Which is cool. He's the worst. No, he's character. the worst one he by, is far. by far. The Who worst. doesn't like stamina? I his, think action figure, his action figure is awesome. I oh, think, yeah, he's on skis. Yeah. I want to say that Duke even has more stamina than Blizzard, anyways. <laughs> so overall, Duke's better ranked than Blizzard on everything. Yeah. Oh man, uh, rock and roll uh, has awesome weapon abilities, and he's the uh, he has the Sahara Desert mission, mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually at the the end you unlock General Hawk, who uh, is the only dude who can fly. Yep, and he uh, goes to the Cobra headquarters. Yes, and you need him for that final level too, because you need his jetpack in order to get around. That's right, because uh, he's uh, technically optional though, right? Or is he the, the no, leader? He's, of that the, leader he's the leader. Yeah. He is the leader of that right. mission. I see. And and you can switch between the characters in the pause screen uh, in the levels, which is great. Which because, is crazy. Mm-hmm. So the way I would play this game is, um, I would use rock and roll, and rock and roll doesn't have a very high jump. But in the first level, a lot of the power ups are higher than he can jump. So you would snake start eyes. snake eyes, start the jump. Switch midair to rock and roll. Rock and roll would get the power up and come back down, and his gun would be loaded. Yeah, that is awesome. Oh yeah, because what's crazy is, and I didn't realize this until I did my research, the power ups are permanent. They are. 
unless you die. Correct. Really? Yep. So they take they go with you throughout the whole well, game. Well, no, and not only that, even if you even if you die in the level, as long as you complete the level, when you move to the next right. level and you choose that character again, his power up still remains. Yes. Well, not a hundred percent. So like Oh, right. You don't get instead of being at max, so there's like four levels you can get at. There's one, two, three, and then max. Mm-hmm. He'll go down to three A. And it's correct. Yeah. And it's like four or five power ups to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Oh. And his health goes back down to right. the original set. Right. But it's just nuts. To me, like I don't know of another game where these power ups are permanent or running gun game. There's enough power ups in the game to max out everybody, anyways. Though, right? I, I, it's kind of a weird feature, but it's interesting that like because when one GI Joe dies in the team, you lose, right? Like it's it's like you have to like start the life over. Isn't that it? Because then you have like because the the gimmick is that you have to like get your health down low, then switch to a different Joe, continue on the level. Isn't yeah. that how it kind of like how Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles is for mm-hmm. the NES? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's kind of interesting because it's like I mean, let's face it, it's like the the line from the movie from Sergeant Slaughter: "Either we all go home or nobody right. goes home." Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. Yeah, the game itself in the first level, it's typical run and gun. You're shooting, you're punching in some cases. Like if you're gridiron, that's probably that's better than all his you're weapon. Doing. Mm-hmm. Um and the music is amazing. Music's but great. uh it, it's a, just a fun, action packed game. Like I, I and it as much as like up front you get a ton of G.I. Joe, when you're in the game, they don't really they kinda look like the characters, but it's the environment that makes you feel like it's a G.I. Joe game. The the jungle, the base where you're planting explosives, like but here's it's the so thing. fun. The vehicles, the enemies, even if it's a little crude and yeah. rough around the edges, it's still toys you could buy. You right. know what? And it's not even crude. They actually look very, very similar to exactly how they appear in the toy form. The vehicles mm-hmm. especially. Especially well, the, the vehicles. So the ship, is it the Blackbird? or what, What's the Raven or something like that? There's another, yeah, but that's not the ship that's in the game. The one that you fight in the Amazon? No, it's not. Oh, okay. That's I thought that was ship. the one that you had as, mm-hmm. a, as a toy. No, again, <laughs> this is based on the third season. Oh, I didn't watch so, the third season. Right. That's the thing. Is This came far... You were, you were long gone from G.I. Joe when this, mm-hmm. you know, when, when this game kind of surfaced we used to play this my buddy jody had it and we would come to his house and we would play this all this and mega man 2 we would play all that one uh-huh and uh and he had all the all the toys so we would go and you know we'd play the J. Joe video game and then go run and play with the same toys that we were just playing with in the video game and vice versa and it was great oh that's amazing i remember one christmas we uh-huh. got the actual gi joe base oh and it was the, the same pit? with like an elevator yeah. and had like a turret on the elevator and me and my brother got into a scuffle that morning uh-huh. And we fell onto the base. Oh no! And broke it. And my mom returned it and never got us anything to replace it because she was so mad at us <laughs> for doing that. I, uh, you know, I was gonna say that I, uh, I, uh, uh, my mom didn't love me enough to buy me the uh, base, but uh, I mean, your mom loved you enough to teach you a lesson about it. But you still didn't have the GI Joe base oh, either. I was so sad when she didn't come back with a new one. Wow, Joe has the base. Oh really? Yeah, they had the pit. <sighs> We had a we had Sweet. enough of the vehicles to where like I think I broke a good amount of them. Yeah. Um, but my favorite one was this one that went into a tank, and it was the blue and white one. It was like this the cock the cockpit came out 
of uh, the center of it, and it was like its own plane piece. Oh, that, that was the avalanche. The avalanche. Yeah, that was it was my a, favorite it was a, one. It was a, like a winter so Arctic tank that yeah. had a hovercraft that came oh, off the back. Yeah, so it was, like sweet. slid right out. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of the original line stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I had like the hovercraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, that oh, was I one of my favorites. Joe had that. Or no, did we, have we had. We, we had, did have that. We had the night force. <laughs> the night force. Hovercraft. Oh, I had that one too. That was really cool. It was all black. Yeah. Oh, so cool. All the Night Force guys. Oh, the Night Force stuff was so sweet. Is that where the shit the plane came from? No, 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 no. The, you're talking about the the Night Raven? Yeah. No, that's original line. That's like oh, okay. first release. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yep. Uh that one was sweet. Uh the the red jet that had the wings that like folded in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. That one actually came with the um The pilot, uh, right? The, the Terradrome. Oh the G.I. Joe. The G the or the Cobra like base. The Cobra base is a Terradrome. I must if it came with that, then I must have got it another way because I didn't have you the. You can buy it separately too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it also came with the character. That's sweet. Yeah, man. I I I have so many fond memories of GI Joe because I played the heck out of them. I have memories of this game which we were talking <laughs> yeah. about. Welcome to the legend of these well. toys. Uh, but so we oh. talked about all the levels. So you you defeat Cobra in the very end. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is easier with Hawk because he does have that jetpack. Yeah, right. Because that is a difficult level. There's a there's like a ray suiting at you yep. that can turn you into like a lizard, and you can't do anything. Am I? You mean a, a snake? A snake? I was once a man. Because <laughs> that was honest, part of. I never got that far in the game. Because that was oh, part really? of the whole. I was not good at. Well, so yeah, oh, yeah, that was in that season was part three. Of, it was Operation Dragonfire. Yeah, I they had this thing. That. Yeah, that, and that's where they came out with Tiger Force and Operation Dragonfire, and uh, that was that was part of the whole operation. The from Tiger Force. I'm sorry, you were saying. Like, oh no, so I was going <laughs> to say. So, so chaps, are you aware that there are three quests in this game? So no. once you beat it, it's kind of like you know, Legend of Zelda has a second quest. This game has three. Oh, I didn't know that. So after oh. you beat the first one, um, you can only select one additional character to go with you. So instead of being able to have a leader and then two people you can select. You only get one person to bring with you, and then it goes down to one. No, actually, it stays at two oh. on the third <laughs> in the third quest. But between all three of the quests, the the checkpoints to place the bombs change on the map, so they're oh. always they're a different location oh. in the other quests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I always lost at that level because I didn't know where I was going or I'd run out of time. It's a and big I was map. Just like, oh, it gosh. is, and it's weird too the way it's laid out. Like if you don't. I mean, you really got to play. You either have to have a picture of it in front of you, yep. or you have to have played it enough to really remember exactly where you're going. Because at one point, I don't remember what it's the it's the one where you're placing five bombs. It's the red mm-hmm. level where you get the buzz bore, the thing with the big uh, spikes on the side and it crawls up the wall. The vehicle. Oh, that was sweet. Anyone? No? Yeah, there's buzz yeah. bore, the buzz uh, bore. pogo. I think that's the one that Snake Eyes is the leader of. Yeah, yeah. And um, that one's tricky because there's a branch of the. Of the maze, basically, that branches three ways, and only one of them, even they look identical, and only one of them goes up to where actually the bomb is. But you don't know that because you have to traverse the entire length of the level to do that. And if you pick the wrong path, you got to go all the way back to the beginning and do it all the way again. Oh. Oh, that's yeah. kind of a pain. Mm-hmm. It is a pain, but it's a fun game. It is, yeah, and it's really it's is. a really I'm sorry, it's a unique running gun game. There's a lot of depth to it. I wouldn't even yeah. necessarily call it specifically a run and gun because there's so much more to it. It's platforming. It's a little Metroidvania in, in yeah. the fact that you have to place the bombs and go through the, the maze of the level itself. The yeah. different power ups. Um, there's a lot of wall climbing, which is really cool. Climbing. And it, it it really depends on the person you pick because like Snake Eyes has that jump. Yeah, all that and jump. you don't need to wall climb half the best the time part. So there's times where you really need someone with a big jump. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the developers. So, uh, so Kindle Imagine Development, they did the sequel. Uh, there was really nothing else on their repertoire that I saw that was significant to bring up, except for one. Yeah. Which was Pepsi Man. Have you guys ever heard of Pepsi Man? I have Pepsi heard of Man. Pepsi Man. Yep. The Japanese game yeah. that was released on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, that is the only other thing that was even noticeable that I thought felt like bringing up. If you guys haven't seen Pepsi Man, you need to watch a video <laughs> it's of it. It's kind of like it's a Temple, weirdest It's thing. like Temple Run, if you guys are familiar with yes. that game on the phone. Yeah. Where you're just looking at the back of the character and he's well, just... Or it's almost like it's almost like the the Sonic um Generations games? No, what's the one where he's he's on the on the is he on a, a surfboard or a snowboard or a skateboard or something? It's a behind the top it's behind the back view and he's basically you're just watching him run. It's probably just like adventure for yeah, the yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, similar to that too. Yeah. Uh, and then the publisher Taxon, uh they only sold electronics, monitors and printers. It was their only. It was only the North American division mm-hmm. that published games. Oh, right. so the rest of the company, you know, elsewhere in the in the world, wasn't doing anything with games. It was just <laughs> so weird. TVs and stuff. They were the ones that published Gauntlet for the NES. So oh, was Taxon. And on that, st- no, that was Tekken. That was no? that was. Oh no, you said Taxon. Yeah, Taxon did Gauntlet. I'm Taxon pretty sure did they did. Okay. Uh, I thought that was Tekken. I mean, I, all I know mm. is Taxon didn't. Like last much longer after GI Joe, they right. a few games later, and I think they had uh, ended up going out of business. Well, and sort of kid, uh, who who uh, oh that's the, who there developed. Was their, yeah, yeah, the Kindle Imagine development yeah, kid. They yeah. they did that, and and pro- it was produced and designed by Ken Lobb. Do you guys know who Ken Lobb is? I I, you know? I, I think I saw the same thing you do. You can talk okay. about it. I know the name. So he is the man responsible for the Killer Instinct series. Oh yeah, he worked yeah, a lot right. with a lot of uh, rare stuff. Um, he worked on Goldeneye, and the gun, the Clob, was oh, named right. after him. I was gonna say because I was like, why do I know that name? Yes. It sounds so familiar, and it sounds so inaccurate. Right, Clob, in the gun in Goldeneye, which is like the best gun. Like I love that gun. It is the worst oh, sort of right. game because you had so much ammo for it. Yeah, the never gold, not gold had the ammo. Best. Um, if you if you're good at the game, you the golden gun's all unique because it's one shot kills yeah. and you don't need more than one bullet. Whatever. And the lasers really good. <laughs> um, the lasers pretty sweet. But yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. His his transition of games, and he started with this this game. It's a whole lot of license stuff. Oh yeah. Was that, Joe was James Bond. It's Tegan. It is Tegan. Mm-hmm. That was Taxon. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but you asked. No, no, I, I want. No, I'm glad. I, I swear Taxon did something else. We don't want inaccuracies on the show. They did Mappy Land and Low G Man. Oh, the other two maybe, it's, maybe it's low G man. I I don't know I'll how I got low G man later. and mixed up. Low G man. G I guess. I don't know. I'm an, you know what? I do action movies, not video games. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I I do have a uh, uh, couple of uh, things I wanted to uh, chat about. So I I mentioned how GI Joe was like a, a huge part of uh, my childhood. We we kind of talked about the toys quite a bit already, but I do want to ask you guys: Did you make your own GI Joes? What? Um. What? Yeah, uh, you could make your own. Sure. So what you do is oh. the screw in the back of them. <laughs> you you get one of those like eyeglasses screwdrivers yes. and you undo it and you can pop them off and you can reassemble the GI Joes how you oh, want. Oh, geez, really? So you so what you can do is you can switch out the heads. You can put on different legs. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. So what I my favorite GI Joe is Roadblock. Roadblock was always my favorite. So what I did is I took Roadblock because I had like multiple of them. And one of the roadblocks I had, I popped his head off, and I gave him the headhunter body. Do you remember that from the drug, uh, the yeah, drug yeah. line? Uh-huh. It's like black leather. Yep. 
along with uh, uh, like like brown boots uh, and this like like uh, spiked shoulder pad. And so it's Roadblock in this awesome outfit with a, mm-hmm. in the that particular GI Joe came with a sawed off shotgun. <laughs> yeah. it was so cool. I just picture young Craig like as a child. He's screwing, you know, taking the screws out, and in the background there's like lightning, and it's dark, and he's laughing. Yes, <laughs> yes my masterwork. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. Uh, yeah, it's very similar. Well, did to you that. guys? Did you guys have a favorite GI Joe that you remember liking as a kid? Yeah, my, Rock and Roll was always my favorite. Rock, and, rock and, and Roll was your favorite, and he was in the game. He was in That's the game. Yeah, cool. I love mine. Was roll. Snake Eyes. I used in to play game. with his snack, Snake Eyes action figure all the time, yeah. and I would take it to school with me. <laughs> he had orange swords, which I thought was awesome. Uh, I loved Snake Eyes. Was it the silvery armored one? No, the, I think it was the blue. This one. was the 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 one. It, this is the or it's black. the Snake Eyes that's in the second GI Joe game. Oh, so okay, it's with, yeah. the, with the goggles and oh, the blue yeah. helmet. Yeah. It is like a, it's blue with like a silver chest plate, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I that was that my one. favorite mm-hmm. one. I had the original too. The uh, Solid black one. Yeah. Wait, oh, no. Sweet. Did you have the solid black one that's in this game? Or yeah. the one before that? Ooh. Because there's the original original, which is kind of like a dark purple color, and he's got almost a triangular visor, kind of like, um, uh, you wouldn't get this oh, reference, but. I, I think I did have the first line one. Okay. Yeah, that one was pretty sweet. What was your uh, favorite G.I. So Joe? I coach? had two. Uh, I had Storm Shadow, Storm which I thought was really was cool. Good. Uh, and then Dial Tone, and I'll tell you why. I like Dial Tone, too. I'll tell you why Dial Tone. Uh, every character had a file name, so it was their actual name. So like Rock and Roll, yeah. his was uh, Craig McCollin. Yep. McConnell. Dial Tones, and i got to say this carefully, was Jack S. Morelli. So we shared the same last name. That's sweet. That's cool. I always thought it was funny, and I just like the fact that his name was Jack S. Uh <laughs> Of course you will. <laughs> oh, uh, Tony. Oh, oh man. Sorry. I uh, so I, I I I didn't bring them. I didn't have enough time to look for them. Stored away in my place are two. You know those uh, like old timey like file card yeah. holders. Yep. I have two of them filled with the GI Joe action That's figure awesome. cutouts. It, it honestly it would it would fill its own episode going through these things. There's so many of them. I have alphabetical order. Oh wow! I have not only mine, but my friend, uh, my childhood friend, ended up giving me his years like years after the fact when he like had grown up and like didn't care about the stuff anymore. But I stayed a nerd, and so he was just like, "Yeah, here you go." And uh, uh, so I have these, and it's like almost every GI Joe, and it's all can be found online these right. days, so it doesn't really matter. But it's really cool. I wish That's I still really had mine because awesome. I used to get. I mean, because toward the end, like GI Joes, you could buy like buy them for like a buck a piece at oh, one point. Oh, they were so cheap. so cheap after yeah, a while. Yeah, even at the comic conventions, so many of them at the comic conventions too. We would just be like, a, they'd be bags. Oh of, yeah, of just random no, GI meant, Joes. Too. I meant brand new. Oh, even oh, brand oh, new. I thought I was talking yeah. about used. Brand new. You could buy. You could buy like five for twenty bucks or whatever it is, or even more than that. And uh, so people would buy me birthday gifts, and I would just get like. You know, six or seven GI Joes from one person. Oh yeah, it was crazy. There were so many. I uh, at I, I don't think they're at my place right now. I think they're at my uh, my mom's place. Uh, like it's uh, uh the GI Joe carry case. Yeah, uh, yeah and it's it just like loaded with GI Joes. Oh, the slots are long gone, oh, and really? it's just filled with GI mm-hmm. Joes. It's like the car carrying cases. I used to have one of those for for uh, toy cars. Mm-hmm. They had like it was crazy because like they were like mail in uh like special uh, uh like special edition GI Joes like uh, Sergeant Slaughter. You mm-hmm. had to like uh, the original uh, send away yeah. for. Uh, it was ridiculous. William the refrigerator Perry. 
Oh yeah, you get the fridge. Uh, you could get the fridge. Uh, yeah. uh, there was so many GI Joes that were like, it was just ridiculous that like they they had it was that popular. And then the popularity, like we talked about at the start of the episode, just fizzled out. Just disappeared. Almost we, overnight. Now, yeah. to get back to the game. Oh, yeah, is, we're talking about the game. There is a speed run for this game. Oh, yeah. Yep. Do you have that glitch or no? I got it, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so it's an any percent speed run of the game. Which, well, How fast do you think they were able to play this? I mean, there's a lot of bomb placing and stuff, right? Uh, I don't know. Probably like 45 minutes. I breezed through the first... So so I got to the part last night with the giant like silver robot with the one eye that like has the claw, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. That's like three quarters of the way through the game. Um I got through I got there in maybe twenty minutes. Oh. So I would say I'm gonna say the whole seventeen minutes for the whole game. So Tarbash is the person who has this record. Um oh do you wanna say it? Tarbash. Do you want to? Oh, oh I don't know what you're looking at me. Oh, well, you guys, Pokemon? Bo- you guys both have information on speedrunning. Who's giving us the answer? Oh, I'll go ahead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's it's 19 minutes and 22 seconds okay. on the NES. Um, I didn't look at it. There's, I don't think there's any other categories for this. Is there? Um, no, I, I don't remember looking at the other categories. I just remember that he only used four of the characters. I yeah. mean, obviously. Uh, right. Uh, so Rock and Roll. Uh, Captain Gridiron. So Rock and Roll because of his weapon. Mm-hmm. Captain Gridiron because of his punch. It was the strongest punch. Snake Eyes for the jumps. And then Hawk because he is the best person to use in the final battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't use Blizzard? No. He didn't use Blizzard? No. The, but, but you need stamina for, for those long runs. <laughs> and those skis for that one level. Stamina for speedrunning. That is true. You do need that. You need stamina for speedrunning. Why would I'm sure it cut his time in half if he used Blizzard. Last time I checked, speedrunning was a sprint, not a marathon. <laughs> That's true. And actually, that's way fair enough. More fair enough. Fair uh, enough. So he uses a few damage boosts. It's it's to help him progress. Like in the Amazon level, he's running into the backside of the enemy, so it kind of pushes him as he's going through. Oh. Uh, there are two intentional deaths that they use. So one after Destro, and uh, the reason for that I'll explain in a little bit. And then one after the last bomb placement in the uh, Black Hills Cobra Commander or... Cobra Commander. Yeah. Base the oh. Cobra base. And the reason stage. the reason they do the intentional death with De- Destro is because he used Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll is the least amount of health when you start. He makes it so Rock and Roll is only one hit away from death. Then after he places that last bomb, he kills Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. And then it starts you at the beginning of the base, which is closer to the exit mm. than if you were to go straight to the exit. Oh. That makes sense. Uh, Tarbash is a very popular speedrunner on Nintendo. Yeah, uh, he has world records in fourteen NES games, which include the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, Spider Man, Werewolf, and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> but, uh-huh, but, but, but I have a better time than him on Contra. Oh, you so. do? Oh, there <laughs> it is. So suck it, Tarbash, you're trash. Get out of here. Get better at Contra. Oh, jeez. We have a celebrity here. You guys didn't even this know. Became a Tarbash bash. I was a basher at Tarbash. That's right, you were. Man. Maybe, maybe we should interview him and then tell him we uh, broke some of his records. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, we've talked a whole lot about this game. Uh, sure, sure we have. <laughs> all right, we've talked a lot about G.I. Joe, uh, a real American hero. And uh, uh, is there any uh, last points you guys wanted to make before we jump into the music? Um, the music's great. 
Before we jump into the music. Oh. Before we jump into the music. Oh. We just keep, let's just talk about the music. We can talk about the music. I love the music in this game. <laughs> we, all, we all love the music. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom all right, so the music for G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, was composed by Nobuyuki Shioda, uh, who worked on a bunch of NES games, like Low G-Man, which Glitch brought up earlier, uh, Isolated Warrior, Kickmaster, G.I. Joe The Atlantis Factor, the sequel to this game. Uh, he even worked on Uruse Yatsura, Miss Tomobiki Osagase. I, I couldn't find a lot on this guy. I'm sorry. Oh, I, don't, I was like, I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know. What I, that I, I, I I had a hard time finding stuff, and and that's an anime I watched. So I was like, oh yeah, okay. What's I the anime know about? That. Oh, uh, it translates to those obnoxious aliens, and it's just a weird gag. Uh, it's a gag manga turned anime. It's real goofy. It's all about this unlucky guy who gets involved with these aliens. Oh, okay. It's it's funny. It's done by uh, the lady who did Ron Mahaff and uh, uh, Inuyasha. Hmm. You know, if you're familiar with those. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, listen to some music, right? We uh, uh, each have a uh, song that we chose. Yeah. Uh, Previously so- on The Legend of Retro, we've had the Amazon song played uh, as the stage one from stage one, but that was played on the last music bracket, right? Yeah, that was the NES music NES bracket. Music uh, bracket. Uh, last season we yes. did. Uh, and that was played uh, uh, a decent amount, and uh, so we thought we'd choose some new songs. So, mm-hmm. Chops, you chose the uh, Desert Bass, uh, the yeah. level of uh, the Sahara Desert. Super exciting song. It is. I really like it. it it's it's like metal, rock. I don't know. I think the I just think of it as like a guitar riff, but it also doesn't really fit. I think that that no, like that uh, reminds that me of one, um, like that part reminds me of some of the Game Boy Zelda music. Oh yes, yes, that part does. Oh yeah, yeah like it when does. when uh, in Link's Awakening, the yeah. guy's moving and he's shifting between his the his yep. like forms. Oh, yeah. I can kind of hear that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so we have a, another uh, level song that I chose. Uh, go figure, Cobra Bass. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and uh, give this one a listen. This song's just about your house, right? I mean, yeah, basically. Okay. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty close. <laughs>
it feels very fitting for final final level music, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I could listen to that one all day. That one's a great really? one. The beat, the beat is so Well, the beat's so like catchy. a weird polka beat. Like, yeah. yeah, it kind of is. I was playing this game uh-huh. yesterday, and I got to that level, and I had paused it, um, and then I was doing some some research stuff on my computer. And the whole time I'm doing research, I'm like tapping my leg, I'm tapping my hand against my leg to the beat of uh-huh. this song. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, uh, LPJ, you chose uh, the Riding a Vehicle song. Oh, so yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead. I'm a big and, fan of vehicles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and uh, give this one a listen. super fun song it reminds me a lot of uh the ninja gaiden music yeah i yeah, think it does that's another good soundtrack is the ninja gaiden <laughs> oh it's a great um, soundtrack that's like my favorite part of the game is when you're in the vehicles yeah it's so good so like even like the mechanics of this game are top notch mm-hmm. even when you're in a vehicle which normally you know that, you that, that almost seems like an afterthought in a lot of games oh sure i mean especially i mean especially nowadays where you know everyone complains that like oh well your game's fun until you get into a vehicle but yeah in this game it's solid oh absolutely like that top to bottom the controls are great oh yeah controls amazingly uh and glitch you chose this song this is the ending theme right yeah the ending theme and um the, i like this a lot one of the reasons and they don't do this in games much anymore is they do like a credit roll so, like, in Donkey Kong Country, they show all the enemies, all the bosses you've fought, you know, all the players in the game. Yeah. And they have the song going in the background, rolling the credits and everything. Uh, this is another example of how they did that. They uh, did that a lot in the Nintendo games in general, because, like, Mega Man has it, Mario yep, has Mega it. Mega Man. I wish they did that more. And I think feel like the song alone doesn't really give me the same feeling, but when I'm watching the ending credits along with the song, uh-huh. it, it brings back a lot of memories. Well, let's go ahead and give it a listen, then. It's 
somber. Yeah, a little bit more melancholy than the rest of the songs on the soundtrack. Yeah, it sounds like a classic ending theme, though, to an NES Because Cobra was just defeated, so everyone's really sad that this terrorist organization has been defeated and Craig can't rule the world now. Like, it's, that's why. What are people going to do? I deserve it. I really do deserve it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we can all agree that I deserve to rule the world. How was your time tra- transformed into a snake? Uh, it was It was pretty uncomfortable. Sure. Uh, my skin was very dry. Oh, I can imagine. And uh, I, I just really had the compulsion to warn everybody and and tell them that I was once a man. That's really that's that's what it was all about. <laughs> the craziest part was you kept making me carry you around and rhyme. <laughs> I'm like Craig, I can't come up with any more rhymes. You know, I did rhyme think, more. What I did think of one more thing I wanted to bring up about this game. Yeah, uh, it just occurred to me. So. Cobra has all these bases, yeah, and we're GI Joes are going to the bases, and they're planting bombs, and they're destroying these bases. Uh-huh. Who's the terrorist? Exactly. Oh. I feel like the storyline in this game is a little bit like how I always felt about Karate Kid. It's a lot of revisionist history. It's a lot of like uh, this kid comes into town and starts pushing around people and starting trouble. This is what G.I. Joe is doing to Cobra. The glitch is right. I do deserve to rule the world. <laughs> wait, wait. You think ki- the Karate Kid, the villain, is the kid? Absolutely. You don't think so? No. I mean, granted, everything was working fine in the town until he showed up. Exactly. <laughs> he was kind of the catalyst for all the bad stuff that happened. Yeah, and you oh, know man. that, uh, you know, just because bad things are are happening to one kid, meaning, like, you know, they're never happening to any other kid in that town or uh, that these people aren't jerks. Well, don't make up and stories. And making it uh, come what? to light and everybody that knows that they're jerks. I can, The facts are Daniel Russo shows up, bad stuff goes down. <laughs> Those are the facts. It's hard to argue with facts. And if you watch the new Terrible series, people. Cobra Kai, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Terrible people. <laughs> Terrible people. Uh, don't worry, uh, Chops. I'll do something about it when I rule the world. Oh, all right. Well, as long as I'm not like encased in, in metal. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> and uh, let's go ahead and jump into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> So, LPJ, you chose today's uh, 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 Retro Relapse game, and honestly, I had thought for sure that you were going to choose a really crappy game to force down our throats. I couldn't, man. I mean... Because Anders not here, right? Because Anders not here. (laughs) Okay. I couldn't, because he already already got his... I already got my comeuppance when he came on the show and... (laughs) And talked uh, diabetes with me. <laughs> so listen, listen to Hard Target on the last action podcast. It's cool. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so you chose Power Blade. I did. This is this, this might be the greatest hidden gem on the NES. You know what? Wow. Uh, I, I think that it is a bold statement, but it might just be because it is not that popular of a game. No, it came out late in the life of the NES. Um, cause 90, was it 91? Uh, 
Well, it was released in 91 in America. Yeah. Yep. So NES kind of phased out, what, 92? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, It was. I think, gone by 93 or something like that. I mean, like they still that. made games up until 94. Yeah, 94, okay. there were still games coming out. But, oh, like, yeah, okay, it was... Yeah. Super Nintendo was out in 91, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, Nintendo was phasing out by that. Exactly, sure. yeah. And, and this game is... Um, I mean, it really shows the maturity of the programmers at the time that this game was released. Um, yeah. They really had a, a good feel for exactly how to program the NES. They had a good feel for what they could include in the game cart um, and not, you know, have to cut a bunch of stuff like double up sprites and stuff like that. I mean, they did in this, but it wasn't really... Yeah, it's... Uh, I... It's a, a a platformer, like an action platformer, mm-hmm. uh, where you're a dude with like a like a what a, a robotic boomerang or something like that. It's it's kind of a weird concept, especially because it's called called Power Blade, which you so, would sort of think like sword. So it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it looks like Duke Nukem. He does. Bit. Yeah, oh, he's that's also a character spinoff of of Arnold's. That's character. true. Well, the guy yeah. that the guy that made this game that created the, so this game was highly localized. It was originally Power Blazer, which is a completely different game for the Famicom, um, oh. and then it was basically completely overhauled and turned into Power Blazer. And Power Blazer is not good. The controls are bad. Really, the concept is bad. They basically just took the framework of the game, remade all the levels from scratch, <laughs> redid all of the sprites from scratch. And reworked all of the mechanics. So, so they basically just took the game. engine. They basically just took the engine of it. And, and well, they even remade part of that, too, because the controls are much better than this. It's That's so weird to me. And uh, it, it, Because, you know, around that time, usually it was just sort of like, hey, how much money can we make? All right, slap our Americanized you know, uh, sprites over the you know this game, throw it out there. But, uh, but this is fun. It's good. The controls are tight. Uh, you have a bunch of different power-ups. Your boomerang can be uh, thrown farther. It can be put on fire. Uh, it was. It was yeah, great. Multiple boomerangs. Um, the game itself is a play. It's almost like Mega Man combined with Metroid because you have to double back in a lot of places to go get uh, a key card in order to access the final dungeon or the final the final boss of that particular level. Um, but it has the element of being able to pick whatever level you want first. Oh yeah, it does. It lets you uh, level select. Now, Glitch, this was the very first time you played Power Blade. Yeah, I'd never played this one before. I am blown away at that. I know it's very, very strange. I, I understand. Uh, in the way you explain it, it is very. Uh, that's exactly how it felt. Yeah. Uh, I've played Shatterhand, which is kind of similar to this game. Done a by the bit. same uh, people. Okay, yep. so that makes a lot of sense then. Shatterhand it's, came out after. Correct. After Power Blade, but uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that a lot, and the music was great. The music is phenomenal. It might be so. This is the song that I picked from this game. Is what I entered. It. I entered the, the the level one song into the fan bracket, mm-hmm. and that's what won. of last bracket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the finale of last season uh, of Legend of Retro was uh, Xander, Chops, and myself going through everyone else's choices for the uh, uh, best NES song, and none of us had selected music from Power Blade. And LPJ's choice won. It was what we took as the uh, the the number one victor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really good. It is the music is phenomenal. Definitely go through and listen. There's probably three or four songs I could have chosen that would have done extremely well in that bracket, and I just happened to pick, you know, the first level. I uh, so what like you know we we chatted a little bit about the game. What do you guys give it on the eight bit scale? LPJ, hmm. how about you? I'll first? start. Yeah, sure. So I first played this game. I just happened to run across it in a 
in a video store. I'm like, oh, this looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger with the boomerang. This looks pretty sweet. So I, I put it in and played it, and I loved it. From the, from the moment I played it, I played it so much that first time I rented it that I beat it. Um, and then I beat it like three more times right after that. Like I kept playing it over and over and over again. So this game holds a lot of nostalgia for me. Yeah. Um, my only gripe is it's a little too short. Mm-hmm. There's only seven levels. It's not that much. It's not very much. The levels themselves are not super long. They're like a, an average Mega Man level, but you do have to double back a little bit, so they're a little bit longer. Um, but overall, I'm going to say seven and a half. Mm. Seven and a half out of eight. Almost perfect. Uh, Chops, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to give this game a seven. Um, I really enjoyed it. I haven't played as much as LPJ has, but the music is amazing. The power-ups remind me of Ninja Gaiden. Um, just the fact, like, you get in different enhancements. The the level itself, like, it's like your typical platformer. You you practice and you get better at it and you get better at it. It doesn't ever feel like it's, like, relentless or, like, yeah. unfair. Um, and I just love the idea of a, of a man running around in a tank top throwing a metal boomerang around. And fighting robots and fighting with, robots with uh, Glitch, what about you? Uh, so I'm going to go six and a half. So the music bumps it up a lot. I felt like the platforming was a little simple. It didn't seem like there was a lot of obstacles. It was kind of like climb this ladder, then there's an enemy. Climb this ladder, then there's an enemy. So I don't know if maybe in the later levels there's more things I got to jump and dodge and duck. That's true. We didn't really play a ton yeah. uh, for you. You only but, uh, uh, played a little bit. Yeah, so six and a half. I, I think I'm going to go uh, with chops on this. I think se- uh, seven out of eight. I This is... Honestly, like I almost want to give this an eight just because we're usually playing so many bad games. What? Glitch. That's not okay. It is me. It's just <laughs> yeah. But you it choose you. the retro relapses for us, and they're always so bad. Almost always so what, bad. What if I told you the composer also composed the Castlevania music? I would. I I'd call you a liar. Look it up on the internet, and so and say I'm sorry for doubting you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was wrong about Kong. Yeah, should all bump it up half a point nope. just for that. Nope. Seven and a half it is. Oh, yes. Wow, that was easy. <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, chat about our opening music bracket. Uh, so uh, we have some winners from the first round that have advanced. Oh. And uh, uh, these, are, these are some pretty fun ones. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and give a listen first to the opening music to Sonic CD, a track called Sonic Boom. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That song is so good. (laughs) So uh, the music was composed uh, in the uh, uh, North American version, because this is the opening for uh, North America, uh, by uh, Spencer Nielsen, David Young, and Mark Crew. Uh, The original soundtrack by uh, Naofumi Hataya and Masafumi Ogata is really amazing, but this opening song in America is really fun. So let's go ahead and uh, give this a listen. Circumstance 
It is such a fun song. It's so good. You know, I didn't have a Sega CD growing up, and I just recently got one in a bunch of games uh, this past week, one of which was Sonic CD. And I'm starting to remember why I didn't have the game, because I really hate this song. Really? <laughs> you do? I cannot stand this song. Really? Oh, interesting. Well, then maybe you'll like this one a little bit better, Glitch. This is uh, the opening to Mega Man X2, composed by Yuki Iwai. Uh, the Mega Man X series has amazing soundtrack. Uh, let's go ahead and give this one a listen instead. Much better. <laughs> uh, a very fun song too. I really, I really like the music for Mega Man X too. I can't believe you didn't like Sonic Boom. Gosh, I can't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I think it's the lyrics. I don't know. I've never been crazy. I like my 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 bleeps and my I'm bloops. I'm Tony. I don't like words. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Glitch. That does sound like me. No, it sounds, it sounds just like him. Just a direct like him. quote. Oh gosh. I. Uh, it was verbatim. I. So. LBJ, it's been great to have you on this episode. Uh, but get the heck out of here. <laughs> uh, but you're going to have to leave. No, uh, I was going to say, uh, first off, uh, when you want to vote on the opening music bracket, make sure to go to our Legend of Retro Facebook page, to our Twitter page, as well as joining us on our Discord. You get a vote there, too. And uh, if you go to patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia, you're going to be able to uh, vote uh, on the uh, brackets as well for just a dollar a month and... Uh, it also gives you access to our retro relapse videos when we don't have special guests on. And uh, uh, you get early access to those videos. And to top it off, for $5 a month, you get access to the Game Shark monthly special where we have a bonus episode waiting for you there. Uh, but, LPJ, you're also on a show in our network. Why don't you tell us what you're up to? I am the creator of Last Action Podcast with Sphinx, and currently Joe. Joe's helping. helping Hovercraft us Joe? Hovercraft Joe is currently helping us out. We have not had another movie with Hovercrafts in it since. Oh, that is depressing. It is depressing. We I need keep to change I'm going to have to look up to see what movies have Hovercrafts. <laughs> yeah, we really prominent. need to. We need to make this a thing. Hovercraft have, Joe needs to be a thing. We were thinking about having thing. a Hovercraft month. <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> just doing hovercraft movies. What episode did you do that had a hovercraft in it? There were two. We did uh, um, Rumble, in the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx. Okay, because I was going to suggest that one. No, <laughs> no, no, no Rumble in the Bronx okay. was the one that okay. kind of started yes. it. Right, good, and the good. second one was, uh, it was one of the Bond movies. Die Another Day. Die Another Day had a hovercraft yep. in it. And that's where Hovercraft Joe came from. But anyway, yeah, Last Action Podcast with me and Joe and Sphinx eventually. He'll come back, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, do action movies. You guys have all been on. You guys have been on multiple episodes. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Glitch, what episode? Glitch, uh, we'll have you I, on was, again. I wasn't allowed back yet. 
Uh, I did I did Loaded Weapon 1, which yep. was a parody movie mm-hmm. of Lethal Weapon series. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, that's right. And uh, Chops, what have you been on? I've been on Die Hard, G.I. Joe... Um, I think that's it, actually. So far, yeah, it's a Tyron G.I. Joe, yeah. I've actually been on a few now that I think yeah. about it. Uh, Gold, on... Goldfinger, Thunderball, uh, Die, Another, Die Day. Another Day, and, and then... then we are ranked our top five least and most favorite Bond movies. Yeah. Uh, so if you would like to hear uh, either myself glitch or chops on any of those episodes track those down and listen to those other episodes because you guys uh much like legend of retro does to a video game you guys break down uh the history of the action movie and delve into it right yeah xander likes to remind me uh xander likes to remind me uh how much i stole his concept that's what he said it's his, his concept. i know i was a, i was uh, blown away he's by, a charlatan by that's that he <laughs> you know and and you know he's uh can't wait to fight him later <laughs> That's why I like to ruin his stuff. Yeah. Good. Oh. Good. I, I'm so glad that uh, it's only Xander episodes that you derailed, because this episode has been a ton of fun. Yes, yes. Uh, we got to talk about our, our you know, uh, nostalgia and love of G.I. Joe, a real American hero, which was a toy line, cartoon series, video game, the works, and then unfortunately vanished. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just go to GameZillaMedia.com, and you can see... Our, or hear our episode on that and a whole bunch of other content that we got. So. Yeah, absolutely. The network has a, a ton of uh, uh, shows. Make sure to check all of them out. Uh, but especially Last Action Podcast uh, for your action movie uh, you know, breakdowns, I suppose. Knowledge, mm-hmm. history, whatever you want. Arguments. We, arguments. You know who, who lot of our, arguments. You know who is our new number one fan? Uh, Wesley that? Snipes. Mm, yes. Oh, that's right. He uh, liked a uh, one of your posts. He did indeed. Wesley Snipes is a big fan of Last Action Podcast. <laughs> he's a huge fan. He and called me the other day and mm, he's like, he totally "Yo, man, if I was in town, we yo would have lunch." Man? That's yo what he man. said. He said, "Yo, man, yo, right. let's, let's <laughs> wrap this up. Let's, wrap, let's wrap this up." Uh, well, what do you say when you say hello? Hello? What are you, a, a nerd? I say ahoy. Oh, hola. Oh, okay. like a pirate. What were you going to say the question? I was going to say, check out our YouTube page. Uh, like he mentioned, there is a retro relapse. Uh, you can go there and uh, check back and look at Craig's uh, long plays. He did a ton of long plays. We did Earthbound. He did Breath of Fire 3 uh, and many others, uh, mostly RPGs. So check those out. Yeah, yeah. A whole bunch of RPGs and uh, weird challenges I put on myself and then failed miserably at and got angry. Really, really angry. Those are fun like to watch. Life. Very fun to watch. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Appreciate you guys uh, listening. Go ahead and uh, check out our content on GameZillaMedia.com, and we'll see you next time when the legend continues. Jojo! <laughs>